Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is John Murray, your host of Going Deep. Or I should say Go Deep. Uh, this week, ladies and gentlemen, we'll touch up on um, we'll touch up on some players in the NFL who have been in the, been in the um, news of late. I won't waste anybody's any time. I'm the, I'm the person that kind of uh, wants to jump right right into things and not beat around the bush. So let's talk about Carson Wentz. Now, I know the fans in Indianapolis, they're, they're um, holding their breath. Now, the latest word on Carson Wentz is he's going to be out possibly 5 to 12 weeks in that, in that range. And I'm sure the Indianapolis Colts fans, their fan base is probably just shaking their head and they're saying, here we go again with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, yes, he has a history of in injuries. Now, last year, he really wasn't injured last year. He was pretty bad, pretty inconsistent, and that's why Jalen Hurts took, took, over, took over the job. And Carson, and I'm sure Carson was not too thrilled, and who would be thrilled if you, if you were annoying, if you're the number two overall pick in the draft a few years ago, and all of a sudden you're, you're sitting on the bench, it's not good. Now, I'm sure Carson Wentz thought that, hey, the, there was a light at the end of the tunnel when he got traded to the Colts and he hooked up back with Frank Reich. And it was the best thing for Carson Wentz, don't get me wrong. And it was the best move for the Indianapolis Colts to make at that time. Phillip Rivers, he decided to end his illustrious career, and he's off, I believe he's coaching um, high school football in the state of Alabama. I might be wrong on that, but that's what Phillip but. Phil deserved it. Phil had a good career. Carson Wentz, it was, I'm sure he loved loved getting back. His, from what I understood, the teammates were highly impressed with, with Carson, but now the injury bug has bit Carson Wentz once again. I believe it's a, he has a broken bone in his foot. I believe that's what the diagnosis is. Um, I believe Carson's come out and said that the injury might have been sustained way back in the high school days and it just got worse. It does present a huge problem for a team that certainly is a playoff team, the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts last year, Phillip Rivers had his moments last year, but he was not the Phillip Rivers that was back in the San Diego Chargers days. Because you got to remember, Phillip Rivers did not play with the, with the LA Chargers days. you got to remember it was San Diego. Now, he was not that same guy anymore. Now, the running game, it got, um, it got, was pretty decent last year. Um, I know it hurt that Malcolm Mack got hurt, but Jonathan Taylor stepped up. He did an outstanding, an outstanding job last year in his rookie year. And now with Carson Wentz goes, I'm sure him, Malcolm Mack's returning and others are going to have to step their game up because they're going to have to rely on the running game. Now, the quarterback that got on the roster right now is right now the starting quarterback is Tony Eason, a former University of Georgia player that transferred when Jake Fromm took his job. He transferred to the University of Washington, and he didn't do that. He did a pretty decent job at the University of Washington. Now, of course, everybody knows Jake Fromm. He got drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Now, of course, Fromm almost had an issue with Justin Fields. You remember Justin Fields 
actually was a University of Georgia Bulldog. But when Fields, when Jake Fromm was entrenched in the job, Fields went to the Ohio State Buckeyes, and well, you can say the rest was history. Fields did a pretty good job, and he is now property of one Chicago Bears. And eventually, I'm sure at some point during the season, he will be the starting quarterback. But right now, Easton right now, Jacob Easton is, is the starting quarterback, or so it seems to be the case. Um, I believe the backup they did sign, was it Brett Hundley? I believe they signed him a couple days ago. My guess right now, he's probably going to be the backup. Now, <laughs> the funny thing about it is, and there has been a buzz going, there's a rumor going around that maybe the Colts would be interested in a veteran quarterback. Now, I don't see Phillip Rivers coming back from Alabama and putting on the Colts hat, and he's going he's gonna to sit there and he's going to play for the Indianapolis Colts. That's not going to happen. I don't see Andrew Luck coming out of retirement and being the quarterback for the Colts once again. And I certainly don't see Peyton Manning walk and coming in there and doing the job either. But the word, but the buzz, the 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 funny name has been coming up is Nick Foles. Now, obviously, Nick Foles is the third-string quarterback right now for the Chicago Bears. And I can see the Colts going out if Wentz's injury is any more than, let's say, the 12-week period, which is 5 to 12 weeks. If it's anything more than the 12 period, the Colts are in trouble. However, Nick Foles, I can see the Colts maybe giving up a late-round pick, a sixth-round pick even for a guy like Nick Foles. And Nick Foles has worked with Frank Reich. And wouldn't that be funny? That would be ironic for Carlson Wentz. He gets hurt, and guess what? Let's say they trade for Nick Foles. <laughs> wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that just be funny? Nick Foles comes in. Nick Foles gets into the playoff. And I'm not saying the Colts win a Super Bowl, but wouldn't that be ironic? Wouldn't that be just be kind of hilarious in a way. Well, for Carlson Wentz, it wouldn't be. For Nick Poles, he didn't do so well in Jacksonville. He didn't do that great with the Chicago Bears. And now he's back into a backup role. And Nick Foles, to me, has always been a pretty good backup quarterback. He's a guy that you can plug in for a good three, maybe, maybe three weeks you can plug him in and you might get by. And after all, the Philadelphia Eagles, they plugged him in when Carlson Wentz got hurt. And Nick Foles did get him a Super Bowl ring for the city of Philadelphia. But now, you never know. Nick could come back in. Nick could be the starting quarterback in Ambus Colts if the Colts were interested in trading him. Now, I'm sure the Colts are looking around, looking for maybe another quarterback. I don't think, you know, I, Jacob Eason, he's an unknown commodity. He was drafted a couple of years ago with a fourth-round pick, I believe. He's an unknown commodity. He has a pretty good arm. But right now, the Colts will rely on that running game and rely on a defense that is highly underrated, a defense that could very well be a top-five defense in this league. Now, for years, everybody knew the Colts. It was Peyton Manning. Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Edron James, Dallas Clark. It was all about offense. But now, the Colts are totally different. 
Now it's about defense. Let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can score just enough of offense to do something. And then now a switch for the Indianapolis Colts. I certainly hope Carson wins. I wish him all the best in the world. I hope he gets and I hope he gets healthy real soon. And I'm sure the Indianapolis Colts fans are hoping that he gets better real soon. Now I know a side note will be on this. Now I know people are gonna ask me about fantasy. Well, a couple of guys really to keep an eye on. One would be Michael Pittman. But I think with uh, Wentz's injuries, Michael Pittman's stock is going to take a huge, huge hit. Any receiver or any tight end on the Atlas Colts roster that you might have given a thought of drafting, their stock goes down. The running game, the running game does, the running game, its stock, especially Mr. Taylor, his stock will take a slight hit. But still draft, still draft Mr. Taylor. Because again, they've got to rely on the running game, and he's going to get ample opportunities to run that ball. But wouldn't it be ironic if Nick Foles winds up being the starting quarterback? If he gets traded and he ends up being the starting quarterback, let's say he plays well. What happens to Carson Wentz? Do we have a repeat? You never know in this crazy world. Is it something the culture look at? Yeah, the culture look into it. But I think if you if you set if you you gotta set Carson down, you gotta tell Nick Foles, hey Nick, you're my quarterback, but here's the guy we traded a couple draft picks for. He's our quarterback once he gets back. You got to remember, it was the Philadelphia Eagles that, uh, what was it, made some kind of statue, some kind of enshrinement for Nick Foles. And this was the backup quarterback that they made an enshrinement for, not Carson Wentz. And if I'm Carson Wentz, and I'm sure Carson Wentz had to shake his head, probably bang his head in the wall a few times too, because he, because he was the man. He was a starting quarterback. The year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, remember Carson Wentz was on an MVP-like performance. Then he got hurt. And then Nick Foles came in, call it right situation, right time if you will. But you never know. Nick Foles, Indianapolis Colts, and Carson Wentz together again, it could be possible. Then again, the Colts, maybe they've got somebody else in mind that they might want to go go get. But Nick Foles, he's certainly the obvious answer because he knows Frank Reich. Now we'll talk about a another quarterback that has caught has been in the news, I think, since the beginning. Well, since probably the end of end of last season. And that is one Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson came to camp because he did not want to lose $50,000 $50, a day. Don't blame Deshaun. You got to do what you got to do. And I'm sure the Houston Texans felt that he was not going to be around, that he was going to be traded somewhere. And sure, there's, there's many, many, many other teams 
that wanted Deshaun Watson services, and who, and who wouldn't blame him? Here's a guy that's 25 years old. Here's a guy the last season was in the top three or four most, most passing categories last year. And here's a guy that didn't really have a legitimate number one receiver. Now, he did have Will Fuller, and Will Fuller excelled, did a great job under Deshaun Watson. But you got to remember, there was no DeAndre Hopkins. Bill O'Brien got him out of there. And Deshaun Watson did it with a Will Fuller. Sure, he did with the Brandon Cooks and a host of others. But he didn't have a legitimate number one. And he put up those numbers. Now, can you imagine a man like Deshaun Watson on the right team with the right group of receivers, what he could really, really do? Imagine if you had a defense and a guy that's only 25 years old, can you imagine what he can do with a playoff caliber team? I mean, can you imagine if he was in, let's say, Washington, the nation's capital, instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick with that defense? You you do have a pretty you have one solid receiver in Terry McLean. You have one quality. You have an up and coming tight end in Logan Thomas. I tell you this. I mean, can you imagine if he would have he would, he would certainly have made Washington favored to win the NFC East hands down. Now I know the buzz. There's been a rumor running around at one point that the Philadelphia Eagles were interested in his services. But they've got Jalen Hurts. There's many teams out there. And certainly Deshaun Watson could get any team. A guy like Deshaun Watson can get your team into a playoff. Without a doubt. Now I know it eats. Now. It eats away at the Texans. Because. Let's be honest with you. I think once they traded DeAndre Hopkins out of Houston, I think Deshaun Watson knew the writing was on the wall that he needed to get out of there. Well, he tried to get out of there. Houston couldn't come to an agreement. But he's in camp right now, and the buzz is he's not really practicing that much. He might be doing some drills maybe, but he's not really out there on the field throwing the football to teammates. Now, the starting quarterback is Tyrod Taylor. He is the starting quarterback as we speak. But I got to be honest, it's hard for me to sit here and believe that Tyrod Taylor is better than Deshaun Watson. What do you do with, what do you do with Deshaun Watson? It's hard for me. You can't, I cannot. You see, you sit Deshaun Watson on the bench. I mean, what are you gonna do? Sit him on the bench? Are you gonna? Is he gonna be inactive for all 17, 17 games? Is, is is that is that what you're trying to convince the world? Because you don't want to play him. Because you don't want to get him hurt to the point where he's gonna be trade value. Now, I'm sure the trade value, as they say, is going to be three first-round draft picks for a guy like Deshaun Watson. And to be honest with you, I don't blame Houston for asking that much. 
because people know what Deshaun Watson's capable of. But, I don't know. I still find it hard to believe that he is not going to be, that he's not the best quarterback on that roster. Now, I'm sure Deshaun Watson, with all these pending cases, I'm sure he's going to need every bit of money that he can. I don't know. I don't know the situation. I'm, legal, uh, I'm sure at some point, maybe he has to settle with these with these 22 different women. I don't know. And I'm sure Deshaun's going to need all the money put away if something if, if this does come about. And I'm sure that's one thing that a lot of teams are are looking at is if we trade if we give up three first round picks for this guy, will he play this year? What ruling is the NFL is going to send out if he does? Will he serve a suspension? I can only. I can only guess, yes, he probably would serve a suspension. Will it be a yearly suspension? Will it be most of the season? I don't know. Only only the NFL could really say. Could say. And basically, we all know that's the reason why he is not on another team right now is because of that. But I cannot see a man, I cannot see him sitting out the entire season, there's a possibility that he could play, that he could play, and the ruling won't be done, will not come out until later on in the season. That is a possibility. But if you trade for Deshaun Watson, he plays out of his mind, plays like the MVP, like we know that he can be. Let's say we're into game seven or eight, your team's in the playoff picture, and then the NFL comes down ruling, oh, by the way, Deshaun, you're out for the rest of the season. But is Sean Watson worth a gamble? Yes, Sean's certainly worth a gamble. Is there any team out there that's going to pay three first-round picks for, for such a talented player? I don't know. Three first-round picks is hard on anybody to trade. Who knows? We'll find out in time. But again, I find a hard time playing Deshaun Watson. Deshaun is better than Terrell Taylor. Deshaun Watson is better than David Mills, their third-round picks, since they did not have picks in the first two rounds of this year's, this past year's draft. I don't know. Will somebody take a chance on him? Remains to be seen. But I can't see Deshaun Watson sitting out for an entire year. I can't see Deshaun just holding a clipboard for the Houston Texans. Deshaun wanted out. Houston kind of brought this upon themselves. Some can say, well, maybe Deshaun Watson brought it upon himself with those allegations. Sean wanted out. It's a hard situation. 
who's going who's going to go out there and pay three first round draft picks? We'll never know. But hopefully, things get squared away. Who knows? Somebody, somebody may very well pay them three first round draft picks to get a guy that's only 25 years old and is in the prime of his career. Next thing I want to bring up is we're not talking quarterbacks this time. We're going to talk a tight end. Philadelphia Eagles, Zach Ertz. Now, here's another man. There was a point in time that, if I remember sure correctly, Zach Ertz is one of the best tight ends, one of the top tight, tight ends in football. You talk Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Zach Ertz. Well, things have fallen a hard time on, fall hard on Zach. He suffered. He suffered. He suffered some injuries certainly last year, and now Dallas Goddard has become the new tight end in Philadelphia. Now the buzz is, the word is that he will be on the roster opening day. Now, I am kind of surprised that the Eagles couldn't have accommodated him, got him out of there, and traded him somewhere. Now I know. The Colts got bought up in the news because he was crossing Winston's favorite Winston's favorite target, Frank Wright knew him. Perfect fit. He could have been a perfect fit for uh, the Colts. Because I believe all they have is what I believe they have. Jack Doyle. And I believe it's Mo Allen Cox. I believe are the two tight are the two top tight ends on that. And to me, at thirty one years old, I believe Zach Hurts is. Zach to me is probably better than those two. And like I said, he's had injuries, but Zach is better, certainly better than those two. Than those two, and he would certainly have helped out Michael Pittman, T. Y. Hilton, Zach Pasquale. He certainly could have. He would certainly have helped them out big time. Now I'm sure there's many other teams out there that could have, would have gambled on Zach Ertz. I'm sure they could have given the Eagles could have given maybe have gotten a late round pick for him to somebody but the Eagles have decided to keep him on keep him on the roster now I don't think you know Zach is not I mean I've seen clips where I think what he's wearing is shirt inside out he doesn't want to be part of the Eagles and he's wearing shorts inside out or something something along those lines because he doesn't want to be associated with the Eagles because of what they've done to him and he never got a contract extension or a new contract. Now, if I'm Philadelphia, I'm sure he I'm sure there's somebody that would take a chance on Zach Hurts. Now, I don't know if there is not really a high demand for Zach Hurts. Maybe there's not. But I would figure deep down inside a, a tight end like him, he would have some value somewhere. Now, as far as no, he's healthy. Who wouldn't take a chance on a guy like this? Somebody could go to the Eagles right now 
and the way Zach is the way Zach is putting on an act in Philadelphia right now. Somebody could give a get up. Eagles could get a late round pick. I know for a guy like Zach Ertz, there's many teams out there that can certainly use his services. I'm sure maybe a playoff type of team could use a guy like Zach Ertz. You know, to be honest with you, <coughs> let me call from the uh, my Bengals. Yeah, Zach's 31 years old. You give him a late round draft pick, but can you imagine Jamar Chase? T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Zach Ertz being the tight end. You don't think Joe Burrow would love to have another weapon? Now, I'm not saying this, that the Cincinnati Bengals are a playoff type of team. I'm not going to say that. They're far from it. But if you go down, there's many teams... There's got to be playoff types of teams that would take his services. Now, can you imagine someone like now? Granted, it's too bad if the Chargers hadn't signed Jared Cook in the offseason. Can you imagine Zach Ertz to the Chargers and a young Justin Herbert? Can you imagine how that would have played out? To me, one team would be interesting. What about the Tennessee Titans? Can you imagine Tennessee Titans got a pick, give up a pick, give A.J. Brown one side, Julio Jones, throw some passes to Zach Hurds, and you still got the 2,000-yard rusher and Derrick Henry. Hey, you never know. Somebody out there would have taken Zach Hurds or somebody would have gambled on Zach Hurds for the late. I don't know if the Eagles are playing mind games with Zach. Maybe they're trying to teach Zach a lesson. I don't know. Now, that's not saying the Colts might not go back. At some point, maybe the Colts will try to get him. Because trust me, I still think he's better than Jack Dole. He's still better than Mo Allen Cox. But you never know. Somebody will take a chance on Zach. Not a GM. Go call Philadelphia. See what it would take to get a guy like Zach Ertz. Now, another gentleman that's coming to mind lately is the cornerback for the Miami Dolphins. Mr. Mr. Howard. Now, I can understand Howard's point of view would be as this, and Byron Jones, who was on the other side of him, got paid quite a bit to lead the Dallas Cowboys to end up going to Miami. I get it. And Howard has been one of the better has been one of the better cornerbacks in this league for quite yeah, for the last couple of years. A talented player. And he wants to be paid. And to me, yes, he's a way better player than Byron Jones. Make no mistake about it. He is definitely one of the top four or five cornerbacks in this league. There's no, there's no argument about that. Now, he has come to camp. 
And my guess is Miami's going to keep him for all this season. Now, I'm sure there's, there's teams out there. There's been a couple playoff teams. Nobody knows who those playoff teams are. I know at one time there was a buzz going around that the New Orleans Saints were interested in his services. Now, I can see Lars Latimer on one side and this guy on another side. Can you imagine? Imagine. Because right now the Saints are around that defense. They might have to lie on Alvin Kamara a lot more depending on the quarterback situation. And there's a lot of teams. I don't know who the other team would have been. And I'm sure the one name that has not I'm sure I'm, I'm shocked the one name hasn't popped up. Maybe it has popped up. The Dallas Cowboys. And Dallas, Dallas had some serious problems. Well, they had a lot of problems on defense last year. But can you imagine if Jerry Jones doles out those dollars and gets a guy like this guy. Could it happen? Well, knowing Jerry Jones, anything's possible, but I don't, but I have not heard. Again, this is just hearsay talk from yours truly, but can you imagine if Jerry went out and made a move like this? It'd be almost like going out and get Deion Sanders. I'm not saying Howard is as good as Deion Sanders. I'm not going to say that. But the move would be something sort of like that. And it would get the Cowboys, I think, a little bit closer to certainly winning division. Maybe, who knows, maybe they could win a, a playoff game or two with a cornerback like this guy right here. Now, in the NFL, I all know people want to get paid for what they're worth. And in life, if you're at a job, whatever job you have, trust me, I'm sure you feel that your value is more than it should be. And I'll be, on, I'll be honest with, with, with my public for the people who might listen to the show. I've done a job for 30 years, and trust me, I've always felt that I should be paid more, or I, my value should be more because of the body of work. Well, that's what Howard's saying right here. Look at my body of work. I should get paid more than this guy, this guy, and this guy. And I'm sure Howard's looked around at the top cornerbacks in this league, and he's probably saying, hey, I'm better than that guy. I'm better than him. Certainly better than him. But I'm very interested to see what Miami is going to do. Will Miami pay him the money that he deserves? If I'm Miami, I would have to sit down and have a long conversation with this guy and, and try to somehow, some way, some shape, in some form to get him his money. Because this guy's a top cornerback in his leg. And trust me, cornerbacks hard to come by. As a lot of people say quarterbacks are, and certainly they are. But a cornerback like him, he's just as hard to come by as well. Miami, pay the man what he wants. Or pay him close to what he wants. If not, trade him. Save him some money. 
I don't know. Would the Saints would the Saints have enough cat? Would the Saints have enough draft picks, enough capital? The Dallas Cowboys would they exactly have enough? Well, Jerry Jones, you probably would have capital, but how how much how far are you willing to go to get there? You don't know. But if I'm Miami, I have to really seriously look at myself in the mirror and say, what can I do to keep a man like this on my team? Now, after talking about these, I've talked about those four players, I'm going to talk about, we'll stick with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about Jerry Jones. Now, Jerry Jones did an interview with the NFL Network uh, this past Saturday. He had a um, a great a great edition of the show, 14 hours, where they went to every NFL camp and got you know got headlines, some stories about what's going on with each team. Now, the NFL Network had, a, had an interview with Jerry Jones, and Jerry was talking about. Opening night, they got to play the defending Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Tom Brady. And Jerry Jones made a comment, well, it's like David playing Goliath, which he's concerned the Dallas Cowboys are David, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Goliath. Now, I understand Jerry's, Jerry Jones' point of view as the David versus Goliath type of thing because you're going against defending Super Bowl champions. You're going against Tom Brady, man, he's got seven Super Bowl rings, is trying to get an eighth ring this year. But the guy, to be honest with you, and of course, the Alba Cowboys, they had a losing record this past season, right? Six and ten. But I got to be honest with you, I don't know if I'm buying the David and Goliath type of thing. Let's be honest with you. Fans, let's be honest. The Dallas Cowboys, if you go around, you go ask anybody right now, they will tell you that the Dallas Cowboys is, without a doubt, one of the most popular franchises in all of sports. I bet you, I bet you can go out, you'll find more Dallas Cowboy fans than anything else in this world. The merchandising, I guarantee the merch, merchandise team that is sold in the NFL is probably, guess what, the Dallas Cowboys. It was years ago that somebody came up with the name the America's Team. It doesn't matter how bad the Dallas Cowboys are struggling. The networks, whether it's CBS, whether it's a Fox, whether it's ESPN, NFL Network, whatever the network might be, they're going to always want to put the Dallas Cowboys on TV. Now, I believe I might be wrong on this, but I know the Dallas Cowboys have got to be, I think, Money value, they've got to be the richest franchise 
in all the sports. Now, the New York Yankees, they might be number one, but Dallas has got to be number two. It's got to be just right behind them as far as value. Now, to give Jerry Jones double his due, Jerry Jones has done an outstanding job marketing the Dallas Cowboys. I know Jerry gets criticized a lot for not taking things seriously anymore. Jerry's all about showmanship. He's all about building stadiums, all those facilities, and he's kind of forgotten about Maybe the team. You got criticized for keeping Jason at around a little bit longer. And people say it's hard to get a coach because Jerry wants to be, because Jerry is the president. He is the GM, and he wants to be, in some way, shape, or form, he kind of wants to be the coach himself. That's why I got Jason Garrett, because Jason Garrett would not back-talking. That's why I couldn't stand a Bill Parcells, nor Jimmy Johnson, because they would back-talking. They would say, hey, Jerry, you can't do this move. You got to run this move by me. But the thing is, I've never bought, I, when I heard that, and I, when I heard Jerry said that, I said, I don't know who Jerry's kidding. Now, Dallas' defense was one of the worst, certainly was like one of the worst defenses in the league last year. That defense was actually the second worst defense in the club's history. I believe the inaugural 1962 or 63 Dallas Texans, I believe their defense was only was only worse than last year's defense as far as statistics go. That's not, yeah, certainly not, certainly not a very good thing. So they've gone out and they got Dan Quinn. Now I'm sure Dan Quinn will get I'm Dallas' defense. Should be improved this year, you would think. Hopefully, they brought in some. They brought in some players. Now, to me, I'm still not sure about that secondary. I'm not 100 percent sure on that secondary. For me, that's the biggest thing. I don't mind the front seven, but at the back end is the biggest is the biggest question mark for the Dallas defense. And that could be a problem opening day for the Dallas Cowboys if they don't get that situation fixed. Again, Howard would be a perfect, could help you with that situation. I just talked about that in a previous segment. With Jerry, Jerry talks about David and Goliath. Now, Jerry, I guarantee you your Dallas Cowboys have sold more, more jerseys than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, yeah, I know Tom Brady's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and his jersey's going to sell. I get that. But you got Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. You've got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Dexter Lawrence. I can go on and I can I can probably pull off a few more names. Their jerseys will sell. 
you gotta remember Tom Brady's only one guy. Sure as George will sell. But the Dallas Cowboys will make more money off of off of more players than Tampa Bay's gonna make off that one Tom Brady jersey. Now I'm sure that some people might go out and get Mike Evans jersey. The bottom line is I just can't get behind that. I can say I cannot get behind Jerry's David and Goliath thing. Because to me for many, many, many years. Dallas has always been Goliath. Maybe not sometimes they're playing on the field, but you go off the field. Money. And Dallas team will make more money than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as far as revenue sharing goes, as far as making sales. They will make more money. Let's be honest with you. What is Dallas? Dallas, they um, they share with the Houston Texans. Now, I know the buzz is that the Buffalo Bills, what is the buzz? The Buffalo Bills, they want to move to Austin. But Dallas, the Texans are no competition for no Dallas Cowboys when it comes to states' rights. There's no competition. Think about Tampa Bay. Well, Tampa Bay's got Miami. Tampa Bay's got Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville was one in 15 last year. Miami's an up-and-coming team. But Tampa Bay right now is the top team in Florida. But I still go back to it. It's all about the almighty dollar. Now, last year, Tampa Bay played, played way better football in Dallas. There's no argument from me on that regard. But Jerry, the David and Goliath thing, it's just not viable to me. The Dallas Cowboys, to me, are always going to be Goliath because of what they can really, because what they really, what their value is to the NFL. We've talked, we've talked enough about the pros now. There has been something that's going on. Everybody knows now that college athletes now get to have their likenesses put up there for for people to use now. That the um, NCAA has allowed them to do that. Well, now here comes a problem. There has been a, a thing I was just. I haven't really had a chance to sit down and read this article, but I believe there is an Ohio State Buckeye that I believe is going to forfeit his senior year. And I believe his likeness will be used and he can make money off of that. Now, now we're playing now, now, we're starting to play the double-edged, the double-edged sword, I like to say. Because now, using, now this person is getting money. Now college, now the college education doesn't really matter anymore. You can walk in now, you can make X amount of dollars. 
you can walk in, you can tell whatever coach you want now. Hey, coach, and I'm not going to play this season. Um, I got a chance maybe to get drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. I'm going to set up this season, but I'm going to collect $100,000 because um, some club is going to put my likeness, likeness on, their, yeah, on their wall or something like that. Well, trust me, this guy's not going to be this. This is not going to be the first you're going to hear about it. Now, if you had a good, let's say if you had a good junior year this past year, and you can walk into your senior year, and you're going to think, well, wait a minute, I can go out. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take a chance and lose money. I'm gonna go out if 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 um if Joe Schmo is gonna use my likeness on his restaurant or Joe Schmo's use my likeness in a in, in a gym, why not why not make money that way? Even though I'm not gonna play this year, but I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand dollars because this guy's gonna use my likeness. I can sit out. I can set up my senior year. I can collect that money. But I also can get myself prepared for next month's, for next year's, I should say, NFL draft. It's a, it's a double-edged sword we're playing with. And I'm sure the NCAA, I'm going to assume somebody would have thought that this probably was going to happen. At least I would think that. But now, this is just the first one. There's going to be more. Whether you're in Alabama, whether you're in Notre Dame, Michigan, where the case may be. This is just the beginning. Because if you're a player, especially if you're a player that might be number one ranked by a lot of scouts at your position, and there's somebody out there that's willing to give you a hundred, hundred, hundred fifty thousand, maybe $200,000 to use your likeness. Well, let me go use my likeness. But you know what, coach? I'm going to collect this money from this guy right here. But I don't know if I'm going to play for you this year or not. I'm, I'm going to take a back seat. I'm out of here. I'm going to get myself ready for the NFL. This is just the beginning. Trust me when I say this. This is just the very, very beginning. Now, it's not right, no. But this is what's happening. Get ready for it. Get prepared for it. This is this is gonna be like a runaway train. Because because you never know. Joe Smith might be the um, top running back ranked by NFL scouts. But Joe Smith has got a friend that wants to use his likeness on a gymnasium and they go pay him $200,000. Well, Joe Smith was like, well, wait a minute. $200,000 is the most money I've ever seen in my life. Why well, should I go here and play for Joe Blow University? 
and take a chance of getting hurt, tearing the ACL out, or breaking my leg, or whatever the case might be, I'm going to go collect this $200,000. I'm going to get myself ready for the NFL draft where I can make more money. Like I said, this is a can of worm that just that has just got opened up. And this is going to continue. In a way, I can't fault them. You can't fault the athletes. This is what the NCAA has said it's okay to do. But I got a feeling the NCAA could it, it could you know it could lose viewers because you don't have because all these talented players, college football athletes, these players they might actually start sitting out. You'll lose TV rankings. I should say TV ratings. It's gonna hurt. I certainly hope that that's not the case, but I got a feeling, as I've stated, this is just the beginning, the very beginning of it all. I tell you what, let's talk. Let's do. Let's talk a little fantasy football now. On this episode, I'm not gonna really give you give you a player or players, I should say. I kind of want to go off the beaten the beaten path the beaten path a little bit. Now, for viewers for viewers that are hopefully listening to the show, I should say, yeah, I've got to I've got I've got to ask I've got to ask this simple question: Is is how long? I mean, when do you start? preparing for your drafts. Now being a guy that's done it for, for going on my 33rd year, uh, I, I know and then it's kind of funny, but I've got like a, um, I guess you could say a bulletin board where I have dry eraser mark and I've already made rankings. I was making rankings two, three weeks ago after my office finally got squared away I got it situated the way I wanted to now I do remember one episode you said that you do not that it's never too early to prepare and it's not I mean some people you know I've always been the guy that likes to prepare ahead of time you know people have I know I know people have got their own strategies in each um, each draft and I tell you what I've done my share of legs I think one year I might have done 20, 20 drafts I've done 20 legs I should say at one time you know and I'll be honest with you in every single draft I always have the same draft strategy there's something that might come up and say well you know that player didn't get picked and he's sliding down the board, and the canoes just slide. I gotta go get him. Gotta do it. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. You'd be surprised what players will slide. But I've always had the same draft strategy. I gotta be honest. And I've always told people it's that running game. 
make sure you always have a solid running game. The funny thing about it is I've had, when I started years ago, I can remember coming in as, as an expansion, having an expansion team and having some of the worst players that you can imagine. You know, my very first, my very first year when I played, my starting quarterback was Vinny Testaverde, my expansion team. And I, uh, I had a gentleman that played for Texas, well, I believe it was A&I at the time, a guy by the name of Rod Bernstein. My other running back was Tommy White, Tommy, I think Tommy Vardell. He was a uh, fullback, actually, for, um, played for the University of Stanford. I think one of my starting wideouts, I believe, was a guy, was Anthony Carter. My best receiver, I think, that year was Eric Martin, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. And to be honest with you, my MVP was probably J.C. Elam, kicking for the Broncos. And I won, actually, four games that year. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how I actually won four games. It was a learning experience from the very beginning. But as years goes on, time goes on, you learn things. You get better at what you get better. You know, if I had to look back, gosh, I don't know who, I mean, uh, there's one leg I've done for 20 plus years now. I've only won one Super Bowl. And that's when my quarterback was uh, Rich Gannon. The year he won it, he won the MVP of the league. I think I had like a mediocre running game, but I rode Rich Gannon. The best running back that I've ever had, I gotta say, was LaDamian Tomlinson. A guy that I almost actually didn't draft in, my, in the draft. But I was convinced. I had, had, a, had, a, relative, had a cousin told me, John, you draft this guy. Yeah, John, I know he's not in, I know he's not in camp. He hasn't gotten to camp. I said, but he's coming to camp soon. He's the best player on the board. Go get the guy. He said, go draft him. I never looked back. The best year I ever had when I was 12 and 2. And I lost by a combined, I think, eight points in those two losses. But Damien had set the touchdown, the touchdown record that year. The worst year I think I, I, I can ever recount two years ago in this league. I was 3 and 11. It was injuries. Um, whatever can, it did, it, it did go wrong for me. In this past season, I went from 3 and 11 to 11 and 3, and that was when every move that I made, it was a pretty decent move. The thing is, I can't stand years when you make this, when you, when you try to do the best you can to make the right decision, and it always backfires on you, it backfires on you. And you got somebody else that does a, a trade or makes a draft pick that, that you scratch your head about, like, why did you do that? Why do you make that trade? And then that person ends up winning your, winning your championship Win the league championship, and there are some guys that I played with for 20 plus years 
that's hard for me to trade with because you always wonder, okay, what do they know that I don't know? And there's many, many, many guys I've played played with and had a lot of respect because I didn't know you don't know what they know that you don't know. Now, unfortunately, like I'm talking about, I've, I've now taken over the commissioners. This is my third year being commissioner this league. I had fun with the, the group of guys that I play against. They're a good, they're a good bunch of guys. I even play against family. Uh, you got admit, come on guys, come on fans. You can smell it in the air. Football is just around the corner. Preseason's about to start. Matter of fact, I believe you have the Cowboys and the Steelers coming up here very soon. And then really pre then really preseason football starts to kick into gear. Football's in the air. Those fancy drafts not far around the corner. And well, for me, who knows, in all 10 or 15 leagues, maybe more again this year, whether it's NFL.com, whether it's Yahoo, whether it's ESPN. I know CBS Sports has one. I believe Fox Sports has it. Who doesn't have a thing? And then those analysts will come on the air. They'll give you their opinion on what you should do in your NFL draft, who you should go trade for. It's in the air. I could have a draft tomorrow and be prepared. I've already talked to guys already, especially like I've done for 20 plus years. Hey, before you cut so-and-so, can I make a trade for that guy? It's time, time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for some football. It's in the air. Hopefully, hopefully I hope all you people have all my Listeners, I hope you have a good football season, fancy football season. I'm hoping to. I'd love to have another 11 3 record. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I would say probably not. But in this league, I've only won one Super Bowl in 20, in 20 some years, and I played this league. I played for years, took six years, six years off, and I was brought back. But if only won one Super Bowl, it aggravates me. It sits under my crawl, it gets under my skin. I'm hoping, praying, this is it, this is a year that I can actually win a Super Bowl in this league. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all for this episode this this uh, this this week. Um, hope to see you guys again really soon, very soon. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later.